0: Hi, welcome to episode five of The Teacher's Promise. Once again, I'm your host, Brett Hansen, and I'm honored to help celebrate, inspire, and nurture educators around the world by sharing the stories of extraordinary, dedicated, compassionate people just like you, and exploring important ideas that will make us all better educators. This week, we'll leave the classroom for a bit to hear how Brett Chappell, veterans advocate and former Navy SEAL, finds extraordinary teachers for thousands of low-income students in New York and New Jersey. He'll explain how student success is completely dependent on compassionate, high-quality educators, no matter which state you live in. Please join us again next week when we return to the chaotic, emotional, deeply rewarding world of middle school to meet Sharon Tupa, the prototypical school mom who loves her kids with a caring but firm hand. She will warm your heart while she shares her wisdom. Now... Let's talk to Brett Chappell, the Chief Talent Officer of the Brea School District in New York City. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today, we've got a, a different um, perspective. We are going to hear from a wonderful educator named Brett Chappell, who uh, is the Chief Talent Officer for the Brea Schools Network, uh, serving some of the the neediest, poorest schools in the Bronx and New Jersey and in the future, um, some schools in the Texas region. So we're very happy to have Brett with us today. Uh, Welcome to the show, Brett.
1: Thanks, Brett. (laughs) How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Yeah, I should really quickly tell everyone that Brett and I both have the first name. Ironically, uh, we were both in the Navy uh, and in the SEAL teams, but at different teams, we never met there. Um, We connected afterwards. And so um, I'm going to try to Limit the amount of times I say my name, so we know which Brett we're we're talking about, which one's really important for this <laughs> this interview. So, Brett, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and anything you want the audience to know about you as an educator?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So, I uh, I initially <laughs> enlisted in the military out of college and uh, never dreamed I'd be an educator or be in education. Um, separated from the military, uh, went into the private sector and and worked a handful of years. And um, when the economy recessed, I went back to school to finish up my degree that I had shelved when I enlisted. Um, And I really was looking to do something, you know, I really wanted to do something that was impactful, something that was greater than my own self-interest. I I think after leaving the military, I started um, realizing that that was a big piece of what drove my passion. Um, And I was... uh, connected with, uh, reached out to by Teach for America. Um, and the more that I started researching what, uh, you know, educate the, the, the transformation that education can have on not, you know, not only, um, individuals, but families and, and, and generations of, of, of poverty, um, that that is the single most, um, useful or effective tool, um, in eradicating that. Um, I just got passionate about it, excited, and entered the classroom in 2012 and started teaching middle school science um, at a public school in South Glendale, Arizona. Um, And then I spent three years in the classroom and then transitioned into a role at Teach for America National in New York City. Um, And I was tasked with building out and supporting, uh, recruiting, um, and engaging military veterans and their spouses um, on the opportunity to teach and the, uh, um, you know, the kinds of effects that they could have in the classroom um, by continuing their service um so, military in the classroom. Yeah.
0: So Brett, when you started doing that for Teach for America, did, did you and your um, fellow workers at Teach for America talk about how beneficial teaching is for a veteran, for someone who's looking for another way to serve?
1: yeah no that was one of the one of the biggest things and i had, i had identified that because i you know after working in the private sector i'd made good money and um you know i i, I felt like i would had some some meaningful success but um you know there was just that piece of am i am i making a difference in the, in the work that i'm doing and you know i think uh you know in the military when a lot of people when you separate at least myself um i i, I was like did i miss my buddies did i miss the camaraderie was it jumping out of planes was it shooting guns. What what was it that I really missed? And and what I realized is that it was, um, you know, being a part of something that was special, being a part of something that was, um, you know, bigger than my own self-interest. And one of the things, the first, you know, my first experience in the classroom and my first public school that I taught in, um, I I saw so many similarities I saw in the military. You know, our grade team was kind of like a, a, a squad and a SEAL team, different, right? We had different goals and objectives, but um, you know, we worked together. We met every morning. Um, we supported each other, um, and and we were a team. And we took, you know, uh, the absolute highest responsibility for us was the safety um, of our students um, and and the care that we gave them. Um, and so, uh, which is you know very similar to I think you know in the military, you have a, a job to do. You work really close with teammates. Um, you have each other's backs, and so. Um, so yeah, no, we taught, we talked a lot about, you know, what would compel a military veteran to, 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 to consider education as a, as a next step in their career. Um, and, uh, you, you know, believe it or b- believe it or not, there's a lot of, there was a lot of military veterans that, um, were engaged by the thought of teaching and, and entered the teaching profession who've had great successes in the classroom.
0: Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all for me. I. Wanted to serve. I just didn't want to do it violently anymore. That's why I got out of the teams. Uh, For me, compassion is you know the cornerstone of, of my philosophy and my life and everything else. But I really, really wanted to serve. So I I can imagine a lot of vets coming out and wanting to serve and doing it in a different way. So that's a great program. I'm glad to hear Teach for America um, is actively trying to, and you know, getting vets into the classroom. That's cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. So that. Sounds like a very important position. And, you know, we know right now that we have a major problem in the United States with a teacher shortage. And, um, you know, with fewer people going into the field and fewer people working as teachers, uh, it is important to um, take care of them. You, I think, um, probably have a, a very good perspective on what society should do to take care of teachers. Can you share that a little bit with our audience?
1: yeah so you know teaching you know whether whether you're working at google um, whether you're working at ibm or whether you're working at brea public charter schools you should expect as a staff member as an employee to have an amazing employee experience Um, you should be treated with dignity you should be treated with compassion Um, you should have all the tools and the supports that you need to do the job um, and be effective in your work um you need to have effective coaching and be developed and, uh, and have a culture that makes you want to come to work, love the work that you're doing, um, and, uh, and, and that way you can deliver um, to the students and the stakeholders that, that you're responsible for. So, um, so it's so important for us to, you know, to create an, an incredible employee experience um, and to ensure that our staff members are engaged, that they're positive, um, and that they love working and doing the work that they're doing with us and that, yeah, that they're supported and have what they yeah. need.
0: Has, has it gotten harder for you and, uh, other organizations like yours to find qualified teachers considering the shortage?
1: You know, so that was one of the, you know, one of the things that kind of captured me into this, uh, you know, HR space or the human resource space, um, talent acquisition, um, was that um, I noticed that in teaching that that the 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 um, the employee experience was kind of something that was not uh, focused on. Um, and one thing I learned in the private sector and the different roles that I've had in, in, in my career is that um, you know if if employees feel appreciated, if employees are loved, if employees are respected and treated with dignity. You know, they, they, that, they, they model that and do the same to your customers, to your um, stakeholders in, in, in schools. It's to the students and parents and families and um, the community. Um, and if you don't do that, um, you can't expect people to, to be engaged and excited about coming to work and deliver. So, um, you know, I was super positive about the work I was doing when I was teaching. I was engaged. I, I did like science. Um, I love my students um and I did a lot of things that other staff members weren't doing um in our schools. Um but it was that was from just a a, a personal, you know, uh, passion of 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 the work that I was doing. Um, you know, our goal at BREA and, and our school network is to is to create those is to create that kind of a um work uh environment to where, you know, all of our staff members are excited to come to, to school. They're excited and prepared. Um, they have the, the time they need to really deliver um, to the students that are, you know, in front of them so that they're engaging and that the, it increases the engagement of the, of the students in their classroom. And, you know, I th- think any educator knows that if if kids love their teacher um, and their teacher loves them, um, that the the results, um, the academic results that we're always all striving for, you um, Happen um, w- when that happens. So,
0: yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I um, I I sincerely believe now that one of the most important things I can do is is be a compassionate mentor. It's a phrase that I, I came up with. It's I'm sure it's not original, but um, for me now that is becoming more and more important. When I was a younger teacher, I was I think too much focused on the scores and the standards. And things like that. I still liked my students and cared for them and believed in compassion and all that. I just didn't talk about it as much. And many of the guests um, we've interviewed recently have talked um, again and again about the importance of relationships. But we do, we have to find that balance, you know, the, the balance between cultivating and developing the relationships and developing skills because our students need skills to be successful in the future. So Brett, how does the BRIA organization find a balance between the skills that students need to be successful and the relationships that are absolutely essential for, um, you know, dignity and compassion and the things that make people want to become teachers?
1: Yeah, no, good question. So um, there's a couple things just around our school design that I think are very effective um, when it comes to that. Um, one is we have a co-teaching model, so every one of our classrooms has two uh, certified lead teachers in the classroom um, that work together and um, support the students. Um, you know, every every hour of the day, um, we also have a teaching fellow um, that is supporting the classroom as well. So, um, so generally, we have you know two to three adults uh, that are there to support, to give you know differentiated individualized instruction. Um, and to, you know, really, really support the, the students. And then, you know, th- the other pieces is, is that we, you know, we want to prepare our teachers, develop our teachers and give them the time to, um, ensure that they're prepared every single day to step into a classroom and deliver a world-class engaging, um, experience for their students, um, through the curriculum and, uh, and through the character, uh, uh, Um, initiatives that we have, et cetera. So, um, I think that's really helpful is just having, uh, um, you know, the people in the room that can really, um, support our students.
0: That's a lot of people in the room. That's impressive. So two certified teachers and then other parent volunteers.
1: So we have uh, teaching fellows. We have fellows. Teaching fellows. Have, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, they come in and serve one year um, in our schools in the Bronx. They they support an after school program, but we house them in the Bronx. They get free room and board. Um, they get a stipend, and then they're in the class. They're in the schools all day long, supporting uh, teachers. So they do pull out small groups, uh, really whatever uh, the teachers need. Um, and on top of that, we've got the two, um, you know, Certified highly qualified teachers, teachers in yeah. the classroom as well. Yeah.
0: So do a lot of these um, uh, fellowship students that come in, do they end up becoming certified teachers in your district or in your so program?
1: We, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. That's It's, a, it's one of our most effective um, recruiting uh, pipelines. So our goal is to have 50% of our fellows um, end up being full-time staff members for us. Now, not all of them become full-time teachers, but um, I've got... Four fellows on my recruitment team um, that, that that you know supported schools for a year and then transitioned over and started uh, you know coordinating um, our recruitment efforts etc um, we have people in finance that started off as as uh, as fellows etc but the big yeah big chunk of our of our fellows each year um, and we have full-time coaches we have three full-time coaches um, they're in their instructional coaches that Support those fellows and and develop them throughout the year, um, and so they're in the after school program, helping them helping them develop their their teaching skills in that program as well as on the day to day. So um, our goal is to really take those fellows and develop them um, so that they can be exceptional teachers if they choose to, and if not, you know they've walked away with some amazing um, leadership tools and capacities that they competencies that they they didn't have after you know finishing up school
0: yeah that sounds like a a great system so since you're not um daily you know regularly in the classroom um i was wondering if instead of i usually i often ask uh the guests to to share an example of you know compassion in their classroom or their day but your situation is a little different could you perhaps give us an example of your organization's enactment of compassion one might see on a daily basis? How does compassion actually happen in the Bria district organization? Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I I wish, I wish I could take a video camera and, and you tag along with me and we walk through uh, a school and just tour it. There's something really exceptional and special about a Bria school. Um, the first time I went and observed a school and a school day and stepped into classrooms, I was like, man, there is something different happening here. I couldn't really put my thumb on it. Um, but you know, when, when we talk about differentiation, we talk about, you know, giving every student what they need to be successful. Um, that's truly, you know, lived out in our schools. Um, you know, one of the things I remember seeing was, uh, was a teacher in the hallway, um, playing catch with one of the students with a football for just a couple of minutes. And then they went back in and they, and I followed them back in, I saw them and I just wanted to see what was going on. And they went back in and, and sat down and, and, uh, um, join the lesson that had just started. And, um, you know, I asked what, what was going on with that. And so this student, um, was able to focus if they, they found that that was a tool that they could do, give them a quick bit of exercise, focus on catching a ball, could go in and sit and then focus during that classroom and engage in the lesson. So just little nuanced things like that. But, you know, as an organization, um, you know, during COVID, we, we, uh, um, our, Staff and our team, we raised over five hundred thousand uh, dollars. We paid um, our uh, families' rent. We um, supported them with food supplies. Um, just really everything. We we got every single student, you know, a computer, a Wi-Fi device for their homes. Um, our uh, um, since our schools have been open, we've had a hundred percent parent to teacher parent teacher conference um, attendance. That's for the last Thirteen years. That's um, that's we have amazing. Never once not had a parent at our teacher conferences. Of course, we're willing to if the parent can't come in, we're willing to go to where they're at. If it's go to their work, if it's go to their home, um, what have you. Our teachers are that committed, and our teams are that committed to ensure that we are, um, you know, investing everything we can into the uh, families that that you know believe in our mission and trust that you know we will. Um, teether the kids up for success.
0: That is an amazing number. I I am an 11th and 12th grade teacher. um, And uh, that's that's just an amazing number. That's unbelievable to me, but I believe you. I'm just just using it as an (laughs) I'll tell you, the first time I, when I first
1: started started work and I, um, the first time they had parent-teacher conferences, um, the teachers, uh, uh, the grade team leads send out an email to all staff and will say, you know grade team at whatever school uh 100%. Um and so it's just this thing that every school every grade team um has an expectation that 100% of their parent teacher conferences are going to be um done in person and uh and so yeah I always it's always amazing to see that come across cuz like you that just wasn't the lived reality that I that I, had was, when yeah. I was teaching. Yeah
0: that's impressive. In my personal opinion that is um, the it is almost an extraordinary example of community that grows out of smart systemic um, planning. That's that's amazing. Something really um, ingenious and and dedicated has to be happening to get that high of a number. So uh, please pass on to your teams whoever um, that that that's very impressive. Absolutely so, great job because yeah, we're really really striving to. Um, you know, work on and talk about how to build community for teachers. Um, But at school, that's what we want is community with teachers and students and parents and administration and everything. So that's impressive. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So um, could you tell us perhaps a little bit about one of the most compassionate, influential teachers you had when you were a student?
1: Yeah. You know, I I fortunately had – a good number of teachers that, that were amazing, um, that were compassionate, and uh, um, and truly, you know, I felt like they, they cared and loved us. The one that I remember, like, right off the top of my head is my um, fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Giese. Um And uh, it was a tough year um, for for me, personally. Um, you know, it was just some things going on, you know, with our family and just some challenges. We'd moved, and we were, so it was a new school. Um, but, it's it's uh mrs geesey was almost like uh, a parent to us we we loved her that much and it wasn't just me it was the entire class and it was um you know the, the the reputation that she had that she was just an amazing teacher but the thing about it was that you know she wasn't you know she didn't bring any kind of you know teacher moves or tactics or strategies into the classroom that were you know some kind of you know out of this world it was the fact that um she truly cared about every last single one of us and and treated us with absolute dignity and respect and it just made us want to to learn and have fun and and uh and you know be a part of the be a part of the solution (laughs) so
0: to try to be able to get fifth graders to drive to want to be a part of the solution is a major accomplishment so that's spectacular
1: agreed yeah
0: that's pretty good stuff. So, um, if you decide you want to share a link to, you know, your organization, we'll put it down in the show notes, but, um, if you want it take a minute to see if you can persuade any teachers across America to <laughs> join you, just give us a, a little, a one last pitch on, on why people should oh, yeah, want to yeah. teach, why teachers should want to teach at the Bria school district organization.
1: Yeah. So our schools are in, in the Bronx in New York. Um, they're the, the South Bronx Mount Havens, the um, poorest congressional district in a, in America. So um, there's a great uh, need for amazing teachers to come and invest in the community and um, and and work with amazing um, students that we that we support in, uh and educate in the Bronx. Um, New York's an amazing city. It's an amazing place to live. There's so much to do, so much going on. Um, you know, the the teacher salaries in, in New York, money's not everything, but, um, you know, our uh, starting teacher wage in, in, in our schools is, um, you know, right at 69000 for a first-year teacher and goes up from there into the six figures. So um, it's definitely, uh, you know, a place where you could make a, a living and, uh, you know, Make great, great money, do amazing work, um, and then really be a part of an organization in education that isn't um, just a place to go punch a clock and 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 uh, and deliver a lesson. But um, you know, one of our founding principal or our our founding culturally that became our principal and then our chief of schools, Kelsey Levine, just wrote a book called All In, and it really just talks about how intentional the culture in Bria was developed and then sustained, um, through, um, very intentional actions and work plans to, to create what we've created here. But yeah, we, we want to be one of the most amazing places to work in America, not just in education, but just in general. Um, and, uh, we see that through our retention or engagement and, uh, um, yeah. And people love, love working for us and we, we, I love working for Bria. So, um, yeah. There you Sound, have it. <laughs> yeah, it
0: sounds like a good place to work. And um, and thank you for sharing that with us. And so, you know, at the end of every episode, I I get to do my favorite part, uh, thank the teacher, thank the educator, thank the guest. And so this time I am going to thank Brett, but I also want to thank all the people that he's uh, talked about. So um, I, I want to thank Teach for America for uh, pulling him in and getting him started so that he can do this extraordinary work um, for these really, uh, really spectacular young people and educators in the Bronx and in New Jersey. Um, we want to thank the possibly one of the greatest fifth grade teachers ever, uh, Mrs. Giese, uh, for <laughs> making every, everybody feel included in the solution and bringing absolute dignity. Um, so we want to thank all of the educators who are obviously working really hard to achieve or somewhere near 100% um, teacher-parent conference uh, attendance. That's awesome. And then definitely want to thank you, Brett, for your service in the military and for your decision to leave that and go into another um, area that absolutely needs some of the best people we can get um, in uh, serving in our public schools, especially the ones that you serve in. So thank you very much for your dedication to your country, for your dedication to uh, New York City, to your dedication to all these wonderful students, and for just being a great educator. It's been an honor to interview you, and thank you very much for all that you do.
1: Thank you, Brett. man. Appreciate it. Always good to connect with you.
0: Yeah, good. We'll stay in touch. Well, thanks again for joining us and believing that all children are our children and that all kids deserve our intelligent compassion. And thank you for subscribing so we can share our articles with other teachers and answer some of their questions and address a lot of the big concerns. Links to free resources and more stories are available on Hanson Education Services, so please visit my website. And thank you for being a part of the noblest profession. If you have time, tell other people, share the stories, and spread the word about the teacher's promise, because what we really want is to build a community. Finally, always remember, you must take care of yourself in order to take care of others. And one great place to do that is the Teacher's Promise Facebook group. Until next time.